Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to follow the link in the description after today's episode for more information about today's article and to claim CME credit. This podcast is brought to you by PrimeMed. John is a 52-year-old black man who is a construction foreman. He has been getting short of breath at work, especially when he goes up and down stairs. He has a 35-pack year history of smoking, and you suspect he might have COPD. You ordered PFTs, and his spirometry results are adjusted for age, sex, and race, showing an FEV1 of 90% predicted and an FEV1 slash FEC of 085 both of which are reported within the normal range. When you share the results with John, he asks what you think might be causing his breathing problems, and you wonder as well. Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Dr. Alan Ehrlich, Associate Professor of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and Executive Editor of Dynamed. Alan, boy, this is such a cool topic to bring up. Thanks for coming this morning. Thanks for having me, Frank. So, Before we get into what's going on with our patient, John, can we just review the diagnosis of COPD and emphysema? Sure. So COPD is the end result of noxious toxins, whether it be from cigarette smoke or other things that uh, affect the lung. They cause airflow limitation obstruction. It's usually due to chronic airway inflammation. And in the case of emphysema, you get parenchymal destruction. This is typically determined by pulmonary function tests, and we look for evidence of airway obstruction. This is typically uh, finding a FEV1, a forced expiratory volume in one second, uh, the ratio of that to the forced vital capacity of less than 0.7, or an FEV1 less than 80% is another marker of this. And this is certainly a good measure of obstruction, but in the case of emphysema, where you get parenchymal destruction, that can happen before the obstructive phase begins. And you can see this on imaging, particularly with CT. It's worth noting that the uh, pulmonary function tests are typically reported as a percentage of norms. And these norms are specific for age, sex, and race. And you know, we realize that in a case study, the PFTs are race-based. They, they have norms for that. Does that seem apparent here? Is that true for PFTs? Well, they certainly, you know, they're pretty standard to use race-based norms, but, you know, is it valid? You know, that's really where you're driving at. And we've seen in other parts of medicine that equations or criteria that incorporate race are often flawed and lead to inappropriate healthcare decisions. For instance, uh, equations for estimating GFR recommended by the National Kidney Foundation were changed a few years ago because the ones that incorporated race resulted in delays for black patients in getting properly diagnosed with CKD. There have been concerns with the use of race in pulmonary function test norms as well, but they still continue to be used. Some of this has been prompted by concerns that black patients are more likely to have underdiagnosed COPD, and they also are known to have more uh, severe disease when they are diagnosed. So there was a, a study that looked at this recently. It was a a cohort study that they were looking at, the coronary artery disease 
I'm sorry, coronary risk development in young adults study, which is you know cardia. And this was a longitudinal study that was started back in 1985. The researchers were looking at data from around 2010-11 when some people in this cohort were having lung CTs. And then a few years later, they wound up having PFTs. And ideally, you'd like to pair the PFTs and the lung CTs at the same time. But with things like emphysema, it doesn't get better. So if they had emphysema in 2010-11, they're still going to have it uh, you know, five years later. The point of the study was to look at people who had normal spirometry, like our patient John, and see how many of them had abnormalities on imaging. And what they did was when we say normal uh, PFTs, they looked using race-based norms, and then they looked using race-neutral norms. And what did they find? They found that black men were much more likely to have emphysema, even in the group that had uh, normal spirometry than white men. And it, there, it was true for black women as well, although not quite as much. Uh, just to put in perspective, for people who had an FEV1 between 80 and 120% of predicted, 15.5% of black men had findings of emphysema on the lung studies, and uh, only 4% of white men. So that, that gives you a, an idea of the magnitude of the difference. When they used race-neutral norms, the difference was smaller. In fact, in women, the difference went away altogether. There was no difference between black and white women when they used race-neutral norms. For black men, it went down to 13.9%, which is only a little bit of a drop. Interestingly, for the white men, it went actually up. When they used race-neutral norms, uh, there were about 6% had, had emphysema. So you know, the bottom line is that the race-neutral norms do a better job for black patients at predicting what's really normal and what isn't normal. All right. So we have this patient who we suspect has emphysema and his pulmonary function testing states that they don't detect any obstructive disease. What are we going to do with John? Do we send him for a CAT scan? Do we treat him? What, what do you think? So I think that he should be sent for a CAT scan for some imaging. First of all, maybe he has emphysema, maybe he doesn't, but he's got symptoms and we don't know why. And there are other things that could be identified with CAT scans, such as chronic uh, pulmonary embolism or interstitial lung disease or things like that. And so he certainly deserves further workup. And it wouldn't be surprising if, if John did have some emphysemous changes on the CT exam. You might say, well, okay, what's the big deal if it's just an imaging finding? Well, there's been a thinking in pulmonology that these early changes where you see it on imaging, but it's not showing up in the PFTs should be considered early COPD. They predict increased risk of progression to obstructive disease, and they predict the increased risk of bad outcomes, including mortality, regardless of having normal PFTs. So it is significant, and a CT would be an appropriate next step looking for some of these early COPD changes. In my mind, this once again reminds us all to be clinicians first and not just orders of tests. Uh, we have to follow our instincts. I mean, if we thought this was cardiac and an EKG was normal, we'd get a stress test. So I think this is a great study because it really tells us that if the test comes back normal, we should still follow our clinical intuition and order the next phase of tests and and uh, and see how he does. Sound good? Yeah. yeah I think your, your point there is really good, Frank. And it also emphasizes that this notion of you know, should we be using race-based norms for various things? 
it needs to be supported by evidence. And if the evidence indicates that you're going to actually adversely impact people by using race-based norms, then we need to come up with a better system. I couldn't agree more. Alan, we'll have to talk about race-based norms and other laboratory tests in the future. But for now, thank you very much for explaining to us with significant clarity on how to manage uh, race-based norms associated with pulmonary function tests. Thanks, Frank. Practice pointer. Race-neutral equations for predicting normal pulmonary function tests will reduce the underdiagnosis of COPD in Black patients. Join us next time when we talk about the rapid rise in overdose deaths and what we as clinicians can do about it. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim CME credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, follow the link in the description. To stay up to date on the most recent clinical research and news, please subscribe to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine and be sure to check out primed.com for additional CME content.